0: Okay, we are live, episode 113. We have a good one here. Jamba Dunn with Rowdy Mermaid. Merit Trigg with Hackstone. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks Thanks so much, Mark. Appreciate it.
0: I already told them they've got uh, killer names. I mean, mom (laughs) mom just said to me, you know, hey, it's going to be Mark. And that was it. That was it for me. I didn't get, I didn't get a rowdy. I didn't get a a merit. I I take it. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, we're going to talk Rowdy Mermaid. Uh, When did that start? What's the story there? Uh, Yeah, so uh, Rowdy Mermaid
2: was founded in 2013 um, after me spending two years trying to make a kombucha that was alcohol-free, caffeine-free, and made with my three-year-old daughter's favorite herbs and plants from the garden. So the entire company came out of me trying to make a product that my daughter uh, could consume and that was safe enough for her.
0: What year was that again?
2: 2013 is when I founded the company, but I started in 2011,
0: 2013 okay so let's a lot of people they, they see it now and they're like I don't know where was that you know what's been going on and they don't realize it's a lot of hard work you just got to go down the journey and blah, 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 blah. next thing you know it's eight years later but um, okay so let's talk about 2013 maybe 2014 give us the first iteration like of a go-to-market strategy what did the business look like
2: well, I came at this without knowing uh, about the CPG industry uh, and, and what the market looked like or how to go to market. Uh, my intention right out of the gate was to uh, take this project that I was doing at home and put it into a taproom setting so that we could have a non-alcoholic taproom and try to maybe cut down on some of the drunk driving accidents we uh, were experiencing here in Boulder um, but uh, it turned out that some of the, uh, the buyers from Whole Foods, which had its uh, local campus just a couple of miles away, were coming in and drinking uh, kombucha on lunch breaks or having meetings in the tasting room. And so uh, one of them approached me and, and uh, told me that they would love to get it to shelf. And that was 2014. Uh, and yeah, we got on shelf in 2014, and it's been a roller coaster and a skyrocket ever since.
0: Okay, so it was a retail play, it sounds like at first. I say retail, meaning yes. there was a brick yep. and mortar there. And was it, I'm just curious, and I'm going to fast forward. It was like a bar setting, but <clears throat> yeah, specifically that's right. to that. Okay, so like, was there stools and people would come in, and there's those things? I don't know what they call them. Sorry, guys. Taps. Taps. <laughs> yeah, sorry you can tell i'm not really a beer guy um go
2: ahead yeah 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 so uh the way it was set up was that uh we were doing the brewing and uh kegging in the back and it was all whitewashed and it almost looked like you were looking in on a laboratory of sorts and we did have our lab sort of in there in the corner uh but you were sitting uh if you were a customer up front at a big wooden bar you know in a really beautiful setting there and so you could see how it was made and then the, the purpose for it at that point was to be able to speak with all of the consumers about what kombucha is, how it's made, why you would drink it, et cetera. And that same year, we also released a farmer's market cart and we uh, were given out around 2000 samples a day in uh, interacting with you know, uh, at least that many consumers. So uh, we were really trying to educate the consumers on what, what kombucha is.
0: Interesting. Um, I'm going to fast forward then. Let's get into 2015 and 16. Give me some idea what the business looked like then, because then you have your sort of your you know your stake is in the ground. You're figuring out things still, right? It could be five years later. So, but wh- where what did the business look like then? Uh, where were you at? What did distribution look like? What did the team look like? <clears throat> So uh, my intention was to start
2: small and, uh, and really to build relationships. Uh, and uh, I wasn't looking to fast forward the business uh, as much as it was trying to go fast at that time. So uh, 2015, we were regional with Whole Foods. We had uh, fairly good distribution throughout uh, the Rocky Mountain region. We weren't outside of the Rocky Mountain region until 2016, where we went into uh, just a couple of other states like uh, Idaho and Utah. Um, And the team was still very, very small. Uh, I was running almost everything from brewing to delivering to showing up to the farmer's market. Uh, uh, We, (laughs) 2000. For going back, we, we had a funny thing in 2014, uh, we didn't even know where to purchase the, the packaging. So where, where do you buy the box to, to deliver the product in? And so I was making deliveries in 2014 and then asking to reset the shelf and, and take the box back. Um, that's, that's how small we were back then. 2016, however, like I said, we were pretty saturated in the Rocky Mountain region and our velocities were through the roof.
0: What do you think that was? What do you think? I, I want to fast forward. I got it. I, I like that substance right there. What do you think that was? First off, digital wasn't what it is today, um, social wasn't what it is today. No, no. Uh, was it just, uh, first off, there was an emergence, right? I, I, I don't need to call it out, but there was a big player in kombucha, still the biggest, right? Sure. And um, so there was noise being made. And it is a funny one that I do talk about. It's one of those ones, I don't, I, this is how I talk about it, right? It's one of those products that originally, for me at least, where I talk about subjectivity versus objectivity about taste of food and beverage. I always say, you, you're, you either have a great product or you don't. This is not a subjective thing. Your thing sucks or doesn't suck. Uh, It is what it is. However, I always do one however, there's a couple categories like kombucha where there are people literally who just absolutely do not like it. And then there's those that do. It's one of those ones that I got to say, it's still subjective um, and it has proven it's got a massive, uh, you know, know, consumer base. So um, I just have to make that note. <laughs> um, your product should taste good folks get what was it, what was the velocity coming from?
2: Well, it was a number of different things. Uh, before we got into the category, most of the, the players, uh, we're, were making very similar products. So it was kombucha that had a very, uh, similar taste, very sharp, very sweet, uh, and then it came in multiple flavors. Uh, I had developed because uh, my daughter wanted me to make kombucha from plants that didn't have um, caffeine in it, right? Or my wife and I didn't want it to have caffeine in it for her. Um, I ended up using herbs to make caffeine, uh, to make a caffeine-free kombucha. And uh, because I was already so interested in herbs, decided to really rely on the function of the plants rather than the function of the probiotics. Uh, The result was that the the flavor of the kombucha is very different from anything on shelf. It's very mellow. It doesn't have that sharp bite to it. It's very, very subtle tasting. And the flavor of the plants could come out uh, more fully in that kind of taste environment. And so once people tasted it, the the number one uh, piece of feedback we had was, I didn't like kombucha before this, or I didn't think I would like kombucha, or I had it once, but it didn't taste like this. I can get on board with this. And so immediately we knew that what we had to do was continue with the the tasting room and try to get as many samples in mouths as possible. And that definitely related to the velocity growth.
0: I like that a lot. I'm gonna segue into something, but I do wanna make a point. Um, there's a few other brands too, that even as of recent one, I had a buddy that was working at one and it was the first time I got reintroduced hmm. to kombucha and it's significantly different so much so that I actually will buy one at the store. I wouldn't say it's like my number one choice or, but I, it definitely is, is more to my liking and I was pleasantly uh, surprised. So I have a feeling you were first to that finding, Um, because I don't remember it as, as I, you know, now the last 12, 24 months or so. So let's fast forward. What, what are you doing in 2019? Let's say pre, uh, pre, I'm not going to say that word. Um, Just 2019. I was going to say the thing that's on its way out. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. We we call it the blip. Don't do it. Um, Go ahead. Give me 2019.
2: 2019, uh, we had, uh, in late 2018, taken on investors for the first time, uh, Carp Riley investors, uh, and uh, that was a huge boon to us because now I could pull on a uh, a staff uh, that know how to work the category, so Uh, We brought on some experts in sales and marketing, and we really beefed up our production side. But we also decided to invest a lot of money into the regenerative agriculture side of it. So we went uh, totally regenerative in terms of um, our teas and most of our ingredients that we could source, our sugars as well. Uh, We switched from, in 2019, we switched from bottles to cans. Um, That also was a huge change based on us not wanting to put more petrol into the environment because it's cheaper to ship around and it uses less gas. And our velocity shot through the roof. Uh, We ended up actually having to build a brand new facility uh, three times the size of our previous facility in 2019.
0: Uh, I'm gonna say something, I would say somebody who would just heard you say that, Um, you're saying that bottles, glass bottles, are not in the best interest versus, let's say, you're using cans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and isn't that funny that those that use glass would be saying something different? Um, I'm not even going to go down that right now because that's a whole other episode. <laughs> I just that's mark. I'm just going to say because I was uh, marketing 101. It's also when you talk, when you are just reading about plants, the new plant meats, and all this stuff that they got to do now and. Figure out how to make it. And there's all these plants being made, not plants as in out of the ground, plants, physical construction. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, so you're gonna swing it any way you want, folks. Do your homework. Uh, anyway, back to the show. Um, let's go into now what is the business now? Did I get referred from Adam? I'm just gonna say Adam or no? I don't know why I said that. I don't know. Um there's a, that was a side note. Um, what do you do now as far as what is distribution now? And also, I'm assuming as far as shipping, the way you just described it too, can you have a direct-to-consumer play?
2: So we did have a direct-to-consumer play. Uh, we did it during the blip. Uh, and uh, it was good until FedEx uh, couldn't turn around packages in two or three days. And since it's a living product, we didn't have the ice packs to keep it alive for that long, and we couldn't possibly have a situation where a can would explode or it would go potentially, you know, over alcohol. Um, so we pulled back on it at the end of last year.
0: And was it working? I'm, I'm actually curious. Was it working? Can, can that be something that thrives? And, and going back to it, it has to be refrigerated, right? Mm-hmm. So can you get away with it, though, non-refrigerated for two to three days or you still have to throw the pack in there?
2: You still have to throw the pack in there. Okay. Uh, we can get through in 48 hours, non-refrigerated, nothing changes. Um, but after that, um, and well, you'll recall, so we were having a heat wave at the same time as they couldn't hire enough drivers. So that was like the perfect storm situation. Uh, but back to your question, yeah, it could work. Um, we haven't seen it work Uh, perfectly for uh, anyone just yet. Uh, I think a lot of uh, brands are actually losing money on their DTC play in order just to get product out there uh, and uh, spin it as a marketing play. Um, But uh, there are a couple of shelf-stable brands that are actually doing quite well
0: over DTC. You mean the ones that tout that they're doing tens of millions of dollars aren't making money? No, stop it, <laughs> stop, stop it. Oh man, stop it. Do your homework, folks. Um, let's now go and just close this out. As far as, as, far as the brand today, uh, where are you living as far as retail since that is the play? How many stores, wh- where is your customer living? maybe like pick one of your favorite partnerships. Again, it can be one of the many that you're favorite, right? But where does your customer live? um, And where do you go from here? Let's just say the next 12 months.
2: Uh, Sure, yeah, so in earlier this year, we went uh, global with Whole Foods. So uh, that was a good play. And I would say that's where our customers are living uh, in the natural category, largely. Uh, We also released a brand new product line that's not kombucha, but it's uh, functional mushrooms. Um, We've always played with mushrooms, but now we're fully in the mushroom game uh, with our adaptonic line, which is absolutely incredible. And we're already seeing the velocities taking off there. So that's actually uh, starting to open doors in a lot of conventional retailers, interestingly. So uh, we've had some conventional, very, very large conventional retailers knocking uh, for that product recently. But I would say uh, currently what we're looking at is trying to keep the velocities going in a set that's uh, been challenged over the last 12 months. The kombucha set is losing a little bit of steam but it's starting to pick up in the conventional sector. So that's what we're working on largely. And over the next 12 months, it will be finally getting on board with a couple of large conventional retailers and rolling out more innovation. So uh, we're expanding from uh, early, in the early days, we were just a kombucha company and now we're a full functional beverages company.
0: Very cool. Uh, I like it, Uh, Rowdy Mermaid, check out the link. I'll throw it up here at the end anyway. That's Jamba Dunn, Rowdy Mermaid, check it out. We're gonna flip this over to merit Trigg. again, amazing name, amazing
1: name. <laughs> thank you, Mark. From
0: Hackstone, give us give us the story there.
1: Um, well, first off, I w- I want to thank you for having me again, and uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but I feel like I'm a plant for for Jamba actually because um, I went to school out at UC Boulder, and I'm actually holding my favorite can right now, Jamba. Little, little product <laughs> placement here. That was um, not paid I was for, around when you, Not paid for. I was not around yet. when you guys first launched. <laughs> this this is delicious. This is my favorite flavor. This is the strawberry tonic. Um, but, you know, so many people don't ever get to taste this. And those are customers that you want. And for us, what we figured out is how do you scale taste, right? And there's multiple ways to kind of, I guess, think about this and, and try to progress forward. But we found the most cost effective way to actually scale taste aside from having a point of sale display or setting up you know a sip and a sip and meet or something like that um, it's actually through video and what we do is we get people to taste products uh, through video and it's called through the art of synesthesia which is you know making those neural connections in your mind and um, your brain and actually engaging with the ingredient panel of um, whatever your product may be um, and allowing us to again scale your product and uh, your sales in a way that actually works and is cost effective um, as compared to, you know, your typical routes of, of doing so. So that's what we're up to at Hackstone, Mark.
0: Very cool. I like that. Yep. Uh, Hackstone's info there. You guys go check out that website. Gents, I appreciate having you both on. Have an amazing week. You
1: Thanks so much. You too, Mark. Take care.